We're getting ready to go live on uh, every one of our platforms. Uh, we are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are live on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. And we are live on Facebook Live. You are watching Living on a Thin Line with a Tony Visick. We are your daily reprieve for all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla going on in the world today. We come to you every day at 2 p.m. Arizona time, which currently is the same as Pacific time. But as soon as daylight savings time is over, we'll go back to being mountain time. And uh, uh, we come to you on, um, like I said, three platforms. And the show is usually built around three things. Your comments and questions posted here on Facebook Live that we uh, comment back and we comment back or we uh, answer the questions on YouTube at Comedy Schools or on Comedy Schools Radio Network dot com. Um, I'm trying to get my head around what I say the reason for the show is, which is a daily reprieve from all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. But boy, is there a bunch of it. Uh, as I was getting ready to do the podcast, uh, the news came across uh, my phone, my computers, my television screens that uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are boycotting today's game against the Orlando Magic. And I'm not going to say that I blame them. I love watching the NBA. I am a big L.A. Clippers fan. Uh, I love basketball. Uh, I came to my love of basketball late in life. Um, was not a big basketball fan. Being a St. Louis kid, we had a team, the St. Louis Hawks and the ABA, but they folded. The ABA folded. Um, and uh, uh, St. Louis wasn't really a basketball town. Um, I'm a bit of a contrarian. So when I moved to Los Angeles, there was so much hoopla around the Lakers all the time. I was like, enough about the Lakers. And I became kind of an anti-Laker guy. But about 20 years ago, uh, I took my daughter to an NBA game. Well, no, in the 90s, I take that back. In the 90s, I was directed a play in Charlotte, North Carolina, a one-man show with my good friend Rich Scheidner. And the producer had uh, season tickets to see what was at the time the Charlotte Hornets. And I used to go to games there and watch Spud Webb, who was five foot two. And I became quite enamored of the game then. But it wasn't until around 2000 that I started going to games on a regular basis, became a Clipper fan because I couldn't afford Laker tickets. Uh, and uh, it became a great thing that my daughter and I uh, did for the next 20 years and will continue to do for the next 20 years once everything is settled down, which sometimes looks like it's becoming further and further away. The concept of everything settling down is starting to be like that mirage I see on the horizon that the closer I get to it, the further away it seems, like floating on a raft in the ocean, and I see an island someplace, or I see another boat, and the closer I think I get to it, then I realize how far away it is. But things will eventually set da settle down. My daughter and I will be going back to Clipper games. But uh, I love the NBA. I love watching the NBA. Uh, coming across the wires right uh, before we begin our broadcast, the Milwaukee Bucks are boycotting. Um, I think even a member of Mil Milwaukee Bucks saying we shouldn't even come here. Um, I can't, I can't argue with a single member of the NBA or a single African-American about uh, what's going on right now, and I won't, and I agree with them. I wish that they would continue to play. I, I hope that the NBA continues because it shows no matter what is thrown at, 
You know, sometimes defiance is just doing what you do. Defiance against oppression. Defiance against tyranny. Defiance against any sort of uh, 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 bias. Is to continue to do what you do with your head held up. Then again, sometimes it is not doing what you do. I come from an old union household. And uh, the number of times that my dad came home went, well, we're on strike for better wages and better uh, working conditions for all the workers who worked in those very dangerous assembly plants in those days. Uh, they didn't do what they did. And, and sometimes families, uh, it was rough on the families. It was rough on a lot of the families. There wasn't much food. They was worried about making the rent. But the men went out and they struck every day for what they thought was right. So I can't tell anyone what to do right now in this regard. The Milwaukee Bucks are boycotting today. We'll see if other games are boycotted today as well. We'll see if the rest of the NBA boycotts. We'll see what happens. I see that a 17-year-old kid shows up from Illinois in Wisconsin and shoots people. And I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I don't, you know what? I know what to say about that. That kid's head was full of poison. They poisoned that kid's head. That kid is not a kid now. That kid is an adult. He's 17. 17, you could be tried as an adult. He took an adult action. He decided to do uh, uh, what he considered to be an adult thing. He will suffer adult consequences. Unfortunately, the adults, the adults that poisoned that kid's mind, will not suffer the consequences. No one's better than anyone. No one's different than anyone. The more people you know, the happier you are. I heard a quote in a, you know what? I was, we're watching uh, uh, this Telenova, uh, my uh, wife and I, we're watching Lorena del Sur. And we watched the 2011 version, which is pretty much like a daytime soap opera. Uh, and pretty racy and a lot of fun. Okay, but it's, a lot of it was kind of bad. It started out, I go, we should watch Telenova so I can learn Spanish. I've learned Two phrases, not because of the telenovas, just my ability to learn anything new at this point in life. Cayete, which means uh, shut up, and uh, cuidados, which means be careful. Is that how you say that, Shirley? Cuidados. Cuidado. Cuidado. Cayete. Cuidado. <laughs> but now we're watching the 2019. For some reason, they took a break with this thing for nine years, and they came back, and now it's like an evening <coughs> dramatic television show. Much better production values. Surprisingly, how much better the actors are. Because, you know, they have more time. Even though a television show is usually shot more quickly than a major production uh, motion picture, uh, the actors on a one-hour evening drama have a lot more time, and a lot more time is taken shooting those shows than uh, on a sort of a daytime soap opera. But there's a little girl who's kidnapped on the show. And uh, uh, whoever this young lady is, she's playing like a 10-year-old. She's a fantastic actress. Fantastic actress. Uh, but she has a line where she's talking to one of her kidnappers going, you don't read much. She goes, I read all the time because my mother told me that if you don't read, you only have one life. If you don't read, you only have one life. But if you read books, you have a thousand lives because you, you get to live the lives of the people who wrote them. And the more people that you know, the more people you come in contact with, the more people you're willing not to talk to, but to listen to, the more you realize there ain't a dime's worth of difference between most of us and that all of this division is absolutely ridiculous and there's people that are playing on it for their own personal benefit 
and they always have, and they always will. Step outside of your comfort. It's hard to do right now. Stepping outside is hard to do. It's hard to step outside right now. Step outside your comfort zone. Step outside your comfort zone. Get to know people you don't. I will tell you something that um, I have uh, at least uh, three friends right now who are either current or former police officers. Current or former police officers. And you couldn't find nicer, more decent guys. But I have also been friends with people who were in the bloods, young guys in the bloods going, we have no choice. That is the lifestyle that we're in. You either join or you're in, uh, uh, you're in bigger trouble. And I have, had, I have friends now. This just sounds, it sounds so, I don't even like saying it like this. Uh, I interact with so many people who are not the same, uh, uh, that are not the same race as me. And I interact with people who are not the same race as me who are far up, farther up the food chain than I am in particular organizations. And more finer and more decent people I could not find. Sometimes, sometimes we become so... You know, uh, my wife asked me one time, she goes, you know, everybody in this town seems so nice till you get in a parking lot. And then we all drive around angry and pissed off in parking lots. I go, you know what happens? You know what happens, especially in rural communities. This is more of a suburban community now, but right on the edge of a rural. I mean, you go two miles, it's rural. You go one mile, it's rural. I said, what happens is everybody sits in their house watching television, listening to the radio, reading the internet, and they get all worked up. And of course, they've got all this space. They got their house, they got the yard, they got their front yard, and they end up parking lot, and they don't know how to act around other people. They don't know how to act around other people. And all of a sudden, other people become the enemy. Other people are wrong. It was probably all encapsulated in that old uh, George Carlin uh, line, which I, of all of his lines, is the one I remember. Says, Have you ever noticed that everybody on the freeway is an asshole except you? We seldom notice our own behavior. Our self-awareness sometimes hovers right above or even below zero. Our understanding of anybody outside of some very tight bubble is so polluted and so bent by false prisms that we're coming to conclusions before we go out the door. So take a breath, take a little time, relax a little bit, read something funny, listen to something great, find something new to engage your mind, and you'll be fine. Okay, uh, here, I, um, um, I wasn't planning on uh, going on that tangent, but uh, last couple of days there's been tangents I haven't been planning on going on, but... Uh, Hey, it's my, uh, it's my show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want. Um, you know, my uh, theory behind when I do a seminar or workshop, uh, my drive behind when I do a uh, seminar or workshop, people ask me, you know, because I've been doing it for 20 years, you know, 20 years, and, you know, getting pretty much the same result for 20 years, uh, which is a pretty good result. It's not astoundingly great. I'm not Tony Robbins. It's not so terrible that, you know, uh, I also am driving an Uber, and you know what? I would drive an Uber in a heartbeat if I had to to support my family. Uh, I have much respect for anybody who does any work to take care of themselves. Uh, but my philosophy when I do a seminar is I want to say at least one thing that will help at least one person in the short term or the long term. Sometimes it's not even the main points that I make and sometimes it's an aside or sometimes it's a quip. And I have discovered over the years, people have talked to me and go, I was in your workshop five years ago. 
10 years ago, 15 years ago. You said this one thing. Always stayed with me. So the more you experience, the more you can learn. And the more you can learn, the more you can move forward. Just like I'm watching a, a Telenova that I'm watching subtitles on. And it's, by the way, it's very good. Lorinda Del Sur, 2019. Very good. Very good action. Very good. Well acted. Well written. It has some plot holes like all action movies do. But uh, you kind of ignore those in an action movie. Um, you know, you know, that's impossible. They couldn't do that. They couldn't, when the car hits the motorcycle, they can go flying up the air on the roof of the car and then shoot down into the roof of the car. It can't happen. But you excuse it for an action film because it's escapism, it's fantasy. But that they had a 10-year-old girl say to one of her kidnappers that if you, uh, you, only, if you don't read, you only have one life. But if you read, you have a thousand lives because you get to live the lives of the people, people who wrote the books. Uh, that, that was the people who put together that show. And that's not the reason they put together the show. Saying at least one thing to help at least one person. Uh, in the short term, because I, I read a lot of nonfiction to uh, uh, rededicate myself to reading fiction. Reading fiction. Reading great fiction. Okay. Uh, let's move on to uh, other matters right now. We, um, we're proud to say, ladies and gentlemen... We are excited to say, we are thrilled to say that we have a new member of our bobblehead family. And here he is. That's right. That's right. The circle has, is unbroken. Okay. The circuit is complete because there he is, ladies and gentlemen, my friend and yours, Mo Howard of the Three Stooges. Mo Howard. Of the three Stooges, we now have all three of the Stooges. Mo, Larry, and Curly. We're going to have them all on tomorrow as guests on the show. We'll show you all three bobbleheads with some cool stories about the three Stooges. Three Stooges were an incredibly funny troupe. Uh, started out in uh, vaudeville as Ted Healy and his Stooges. Uh, the haircut that Mo, the iconic Mo haircut, was uh, uh, something that Ted Healy had lived next door to a family that had uh, a child who had Down syndrome. If you know anything about Down syndrome people, they're very sweet, and they, and they have a great sense of humor. Uh, all the Down syndrome people that I have been in contact with and I worked in special ed at one time, are very sweet, kind, gentle, and have a great sense of humor and do a lot of funny things. And this was Ted Healy's idea because he goes, well, those people are funny, and it'll look funny. So whether that was right or wrong, good or bad or indifferent, just a little thing about Mo Howard and his iconic haircut. Uh, the Three Stooges were made up uh, primarily of three guys, uh, Mo Howard, Larry, Howard uh, uh, Larry Fine, and Curly Howard. Mo and Curly, of course, being brothers, they had a, there was a third brother, Shemp, who sometime joined the troop when Curly was uh, indisposed. Uh, later on, I think after Curly passed on, they used... Uh, Joe Dorita, and they used a, uh, a different guy to play Curly, and it never was the same. And then that's when you realize that sometimes uh, the sum is greater than the whole. Mo, Larry, and Curly, by the ship, kind of had a kind of a career by himself. And one of the Joes had kind of a, a one of the uh, further down the road Joes had kind of a career as a character actor. But Mo and Larry and Curly, the original Curly, their career was made up totally from being the Three Stooges, and God, were they funny, and everybody of my generation, and they weren't of my generation, they were for, uh, uh, Shemp, <laughs> DJ Paints' says Shemp sucked, <laughs> all right, I'm going to tell you a joke, I'm going to tell you a joke, it's not my joke, this is a Bobby Slayton joke, okay, 
DJ, you'll like this. Anybody else listening, I hope you like it. Bobby Slayton, the pitbull, the pitbull of comedy. A guy who I know only a little, I don't know that well. I'm good friends with a lot of people, are good friends with him. Uh, uh, very, um, what would be considered a polit- politically incorrect comic in his time in the 80s and 90s, but goddamn funny. You know, he knew the trick. You could say whatever you want as long as it's funny. Say something so funny that people who are opposed to what you're saying will still laugh at it. Say something so funny that people go, oh, that's wrong, that they still laugh at it. That's Bobby Slayton. Here's a Bobby Slayton Three Stooges joke, because you need a joke joke today, I think. If you've watched the news for one hour today, if you've looked at uh, the news on your phone for one hour today, you need a joke joke, and here it is. There's a guy, and he's sitting in his house one day, and his wife comes up, and he goes, hey, it's going to be our anniversary Saturday. Uh... No, she goes, it's going to be your birthday Saturday. It's not an anniversary joke, it's a birthday joke. It's going to be your birthday Saturday, what do you want? He goes, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I want. He goes, ah, she goes, come on, tell me. He goes, all right, you know what? I want you to blow me while I'm watching the Three Stooges. That's what he says. Pretty damn rude thing to say. I want you to blow me while I'm watching the Three Stooges. That's what he says. His wife leaves the room. Seems to be upset. But a few days later, his birthday rolls around. But they rolls around, and he's sitting there in his chair watching TV, watching sports, and his wife comes in, and she's wearing lingerie and high heels. That's a little bit of an older joke. You have to bear with us on that. And she's got a VHS tape in her hand, and she's waving over her head. She goes, I got the tape. I got the Three Stooges. She's wearing lingerie, high heels, puts a VHS in the tape, into the uh, TV, comes over, kneels down before him, and begins to perform the act that he said he desired for his birthday. The tape begins to play. She's going to town. And all of a sudden, he looks at the television and goes, God damn it, this one's got shemp. So, <laughs> anyone, <laughs> this one's got shemp. So, when DJ said shemp sucked, uh, 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 anybody who grew up like I did watching Three Juices, when you were a little bitty kid, Three Stooges were on TV all the time. I think because their stuff had fallen into public domain and it was cheap for local stations to play them. And we loved the Three Stooges. How much we loved the Three Stooges? Uh, almost anyone my age, anyone between the age of, say, like 60 and 70 or 75 has a story, if you had brothers and sisters, of getting in trouble because you were playing Three Stooges and you poked one of your brothers and sisters in the eye usually the littlest one, and they started crying. And then uh, my parents told us we couldn't watch the Three Stooges anymore. By the way, if your kids want to watch the Three Stooges, let them watch Three Stooges. They'll watch SpongeBob. Let them watch SpongeBob. Let them watch cartoons. Let them watch comedy. It'll develop their sense of humor. All right? And if you don't let them watch it, then they'll go outside. You go, go out and play outside. Then you go outside. Well, what's outside? Other kids. There's a bunch of other kids outside. And of those, those other kids, there's some bad kids. And what are those bad kids doing? They're sniffing glue. Pretty soon your kid's sniffing glue. And if they're sniffing glue, before you know it, they're robbing banks. They're robbing banks, and then all of a sudden, they're running for Congress. So if you don't want a glue-sniffing, Congress-running kid for, in, in your family, let them watch the Three Stooges. Okay, Three Stooges bobblehead. Mo himself. I want to thank my wife, who worked very hard finding this one. Uh, we, we did, you know, instead of just rescuing, this one was sent away far. Kind of like a uh, kind of like a uh, a mail order bride. It was a mail order uh, stooge. It was hard for her to find. There's not too many modes around. This one's in very good shape. It is from that Harris collection. Man, there's not a chip on the paint. Anything. The eyes look good. There's most pugnacious, sort of arrogant, arrogant yet stupid look on his face. Uh, funny, funny guys. 
By the way, the Three Stooges were funny guys during a very difficult, very difficult times in America, during the Depression and during World War II. They were funny guys, and they really got ripped off by the movie studios, and they knew it, yet they still continued to be funny. Okay, message for all you funny people out there. If you're funny, your job is to be funny because your job is to bring laughter to people, not necessarily bring attention to yourself, bring laughter to people. So if you're funny, keep being funny, okay? Keep being funny. As long as your goal is to make people feel good because they're laughing, then you keep doing it. By the way, if you have any other goal, you're not a funny person. Okay, what time is it? What time is it? Uh, how much time do I have? 10 minutes? I got 10 minutes. Let's uh, get to the music for a second. What have I got here? Uh, I got a couple people here I want to talk about. Uh, uh, this, I just kind of grabbed at random. We, we're starting to use CDs because we're running out of albums, but we still have a lot of great albums. This is a great album. This is a moment, uh, especially for my generation. Uh, this is called Before the Flood. I'll show it to you there. Before the Flood. And it is Bob Dylan and the band. Bob Dylan and the band. So Bob Dylan, who wrote what became the anthem for the civil rights, uh, uh, the civil rights era in the 60s, who wrote Blowing in the Wind and Times They Are a-Changing, two great uh, anthems for the uh, civil rights uh, generation, uh, teamed up in the late 60s, early 70s with uh, a bunch of guys from Canada, one guy from the South. Uh, that at one time were called the Hawks, but everybody kept referring to them as the band. Hey, let's go listen to uh, the, the guys. You know, the band, those guys in the band. Robbie Robertson, that band. Levon Helm, that band. And it kind of became known as the band. Bob Dylan saw him, said, how'd you like to tour with me? Uh, some of them began touring with him in 1966. This album was made in 1974. And it's Bob Dylan and the band recorded live in concert. Why am I showing this to you? Because I saw this tour. I saw it at the St. Louis Arena in 1974. My brother Jerry and I saw this together. All right. Uh, the song titles and credits. Side one, most likely you go away, your way and I'll go mine by Dylan. Lay, lady, lay. Rainy day woman. Knocking on heaven's door. A lot of people don't realize that Dylan's the guy who wrote Knocking on heaven's door. It ain't me, babe, and Ballad of a Thin Man. Side two, up on Cripple Creek by the band. Up on Cripple Creek, she'd send me. Uh, I shall be released. Endless highway. Uh, stage fright, and the night they drove old Dixie down. One of the best and most well-known songs by the band is the night they drove old Dixie down. It is the story of loss told from the point of view of a poor southern person who has had ta everything taken away from them because of the war. The song has become somewhat, somewhat controversial in some areas now because it appears to be a celebration of uh, the Confederate Army and Confederate movement, and it's not. It's a story told from the point of view. You know, you know what they say about the Civil War, don't you? That it was a rich man's war fought by poor people. It was a rich man's war fought by poor people. And it is the story of one of the poor people and what that war cost them. So anyway, that's a great tune on their side. Three, don't think twice, it's all right, just like a woman. It's all right, my only bleeding shape I'm in. Uh, when you awaken the wait and side four all along the watchtower highway 61 revisit like a rolling stone and blowing in the wind Incredibly good album incredibly good interpretations of all of these songs if you want to know because you know what somewhere between 
say 19, right around 1972, from 1971 to about 1974, 75, was the real, was the real apex of rock. When all of these guys who started out in the 60s reached their heights, the Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Uh, it was also when all of a sudden bubbling up from that were other great artists, the Sex Pistols in England, Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey. So if you want to hear people at the height of their power reinterpreting their own stuff but sounding fantastic, you want to listen to Before the Flood. Robbie Robertson, Garth Hudson, Levon Helm, Richard Manuel, Rick Danko, all on this album. The entire, uh, entire band. Every once in a while, Levon Helm had quit because he hated Robbie Robertson. Thought he was an arrogant bastard. <laughs> so uh, I love that album because I saw the concert. Uh, this was recorded at various locations. I don't know that any was recorded in uh, St. Louis. Then we want to talk about someone who was so important to music in the 60s, Dionne Warwick. Miss Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick, incredibly gifted, incredibly gifted vocalist who was important in the 1960s. I'm going to show you that picture one more time. Important in the 1960s because for many Americans, their only connection, for many white Americans, their only connection with African Americans was through entertainers. Harry Belafonte, Sidney Poitier, Nat King Cole, Dionne Warwick, The Supremes. Now, this album doesn't contain a lot of her hits. This has, uh, uh, it's the sensitive sound of Dionne Warwick. Man, in those days, they used to just crank out albums. Uh, it has her version of uh, Unchained Melody, Who Can I Turn To, How Many Days of Sadness, etc. But just let me read you off a few of her hits. Okay, Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Okay, I'll Never Fall in Love Again. Then Came You. I Say a Little Prayer. Walk on by and one of my all-time favorite tunes, Trains and Boats and Planes. Recently redone by uh, Dwight Yoakam. So if you want to hear an incredibly gifted artist cranking out hit after hit after hit in the 60s, defying the racism and segregation of the 60s, defying how racist and segrega segregationists wanted to define African-American people, showing class, dignity, poise, strength, character, all while simply standing and singing. Check, check out some Dionne Warwick. Really, check out, if you, if you like moody kind of uh, melancholy music, listen to, trains, listen to her version of Trains, Boats, and Planes, Our Walk On By. And if you like something that's going to lift you up like a gospel song, even if you're an atheist, listen to her version of I Say a Little Prayer. Because even if you don't believe in God, I say a little prayer, we'll let you know that there's something else working in the universe besides all of us just running around between uh, uh, Walmart and uh, another grocery store uh, looking for supplies. Okay, that's our show for the day, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I, hope I, uh, uh, I hope I brought a little sense and sanity by uh, exhibiting my own insanity. I'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with another version of Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Took me away from you Who are you talking to? My daughter? Huh? 